Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my podcast on N-acetylcysteine. This is a quite thorough meta-analysis of N-acetylcysteine delivered right into your inner ear via MP3 encoding. For the rest of this podcast, I'm going to refer to this supplement just as NAC because it's a whole lot easier. And this is a slightly modified version of the sulfur-containing amino acid cystine. And NAC is especially useful to those who have succumbed to vice. But as a general biohack, its effect on glutathione is most interesting and this audio program is mostly going to focus on decoding what the human studies are saying about NAC and how this squares up with the anecdotal experiences of biohackers online. For more of my own personal experiences, thoughts, and comparisons, please see the written article, the the written and video reviews which are going to be in the sidebar of the the article version of this. And if you're serious about NAC, I would encourage you to check out that that meta-analysis article. Sometimes there's new information that comes out about these supplements over time. Sometimes there's like a new cofactor that's discovered that makes them like all the more effective that comes out after I record these programs. And what I always do is I include that on the article that you'll find linked wherever you're listening to this. Let's talk about its scientific research. NAC has been researched thoroughly by institutions worldwide. It is discussed in the titles and abstracts of over 10,000 scientific publications on PubMed. There are uh, over 300 human clinical trials that have been done in the past 10 years alone, which is impressive when you consider that it's a non-patented, inexpensive supplement. And a Dr. Julius Gope called it an overlooked compound that saves lives. Writing, the sad consequence is that most aging individuals have never heard of it even though many doctors remain unaware of its potential role as a frontline defense against some of today's most deadly public health risks. And I want to talk about it first of all as a glutathione hack. When taken internally, NAC replenishes intracellular levels of the master antioxidant glutathione. The idiosyncratic transhumanist Aubrey de Grey That's the guy, you may have seen him in documentaries about transhumanism that has the really crazy beard and he he likes to drink beer. This guy is famous for saying that breathing is bad for us. That's right, breathing is bad for us. It may sound a little bit absurd, but actually it's quite true. If you think about iron, iron rusts if you leave it outside for too long, right? And if you leave a sandwich on your table, that bread will go bad if left out. And this is because of oxidation. And our internal organs and our individual cells are also oxidized over time. Because we all enjoy breathing oxygen so much, we often forget that oxygen is actually a poison. Thankfully, our distant 
micro microbial ancestors figured out how to metabolize it for us. Otherwise, none of us would be here enjoying all the things that we enjoy. We'd just be swimming around in some type of uh, primordial soup. And glutathione is key to our individual cells' ability to repair damage from oxygen. The fact is that the main mechanism of NAC is as a substrate for glutathione, which is, again, it's the antioxidant. It's used by every cell and tissue in the body. And although critical to a number of processes, NAC has limited use as a dietary supplement due to rapid breakdown during oral ingestion. Glutathione, in fact, I, I think it's oral uh, metabolism rate is like, is like 10% or something like that. It's relatively low, I believe. Glutathione is capable of preventing damage to important cellular components caused by reactive oxygen species such as free radicals, perioxides, and lipid perioxides. Glutathione is maintained in its normal form by NAC. NAC increases its levels and NAC also excretes heavy metals out of the body. And so this is why this is a, uh, you know, glutathione is, is really key. The antioxidants have been kind of a health craze for a long time. And you would see all sorts of products ostensibly containing antioxidants. This, this juice contains antioxidants. This vodka contains antioxidants. This uh, fruit from some exotic sounding country contains antioxidants. This popcorn contains antioxidants. Antioxidants everywhere, aren't they great? Oh my gosh, antioxidants. But actually, glutathione is the, the antioxidant that you, you really wanna be worried about the most, which is why NAC kind of came on my radar. For, for quite a while, I had heard of NAC as a nootropic and I was never like all that excited about it um, because it doesn't have uh, really uh, hardcore cognition effects like some other nootropics that I talk about. But when I started to learn a bit more about glutathione, I was like, ah, this NAC thing is actually kind of important. Let's mention the history of it. NAC uh, has been used in conventional medicine for more than 30 years, primarily as a mucolytic, which means a mucus thinner. And it is inhaled to, uh, historically, I suppose, in, in medical settings, it was inhaled to manage conditions such as cystic fibrosis, in which mucus is abnormally thick and tenacious, which just sounds delicious, doesn't it? Okay, I want to ask the question, or I want to try to answer the question. Is NAC a nootropic? Well, a few biohackers on Reddit would certainly tell you that it is, and I'll quote from them. It consistently works for me. I've tried it over 10 times now independently, each time responding extremely well. Dosage is 500 milligrams and it shuts off all my anxiety and negative thoughts. It helps me lock onto a task like studying. It gives me mental clarity and clean stimulation. It seems like NAC and my brain are a perfect fit. And another person said, I've been 
using about 1800 milligrams of now NAC for two months now. That's just a brand, the now brand of supplements, popular brand. It does seem to stabilize my emotions, reducing food cravings, clearing my mind, and helping me focus without the stimmy feeling of nupept paracetam or phenylparacetam. While I enjoy that feeling of energy, it feels a little unnatural, but NAC just feels normal and natural. It does feel like I'm getting some sort of super boost, just that I'm performing a little closer to peak on a regular basis with no side effect or come down. And then an American commented on logicity.com. He said, I was totally caught off guard by the effects of NAC on energy levels. I had no idea it would boost energy so dramatically. 500 milligrams gives me a wonderful boost that lasts through most of the day. I tried consistent dosing of 500 milligrams over a course of three weeks and noticed clear and thinner mucus and a more productive cough as well back when I was smoking heavily. So that's interesting. So this would mean that perhaps if you're one of the, these people that is interested in biohacking and you tried the classic nootropics, you, you tried the classic stimulating nootropics that everyone seems to dig so much, but you just found them to be a bit too much, then you might wanna give NAC a try. Despite these anecdotal positive reports, I don't really consider it a classic nootropic or a, or a smart drug because there were no notable studies that mentioned an effect on cognition or memory. And in, I think, a lot of the anecdotal cases where the nootropic effects are reported, uh, it seems to be kind of like treating neurological deficits that people have. So I don't really think of this one as a, as a performance enhancer that's gonna improve baseline for, for mostly healthy people. It's, it's nootropic or it's uh, mechanisms that work on the brain would be things like preventing glutamatergic toxicity, boosting dopamine, reducing inflammation, reducing free radical damage. And NAC is the, uh, it's the N-acetyl form of the naturally occurring amino acid L-cysteine. Elicistine is naturally produced in your body using the amino acid methionine. As I've said a couple other times in my material, our, our bodies and a lot of times our natural food sources will produce a lot of these, a lot of these uh, things that we need. And so a lot of people say, wait a minute, you know, as long as I'm just eating a healthy diet, then I don't need to do this supplementation right then, then I'm, then I'm okay, then I'm handled. And unfortunately, that's not really the case because as our biology travels through modernity, our biology is forced to grapple with many thousands of unnatural chemicals that have seeped into every single aspect of modern life along with this spectrum of death rays, along with this spectrum of EMF radiation that emits from our laptops, our smartphones, our power lines. We are, we are just bathed in these uh, low-grade uh, electromagnetic spectrum of, 
of, of poison. And we need to be using some more enhanced versions of some of these things that our bodies naturally produce to deal with this, uh, with this, this barrage of uh, modernity. I want to talk about N-acetylcysteine versus flu and the common cold. One larger study with older adults in Italy took like 600 milligrams of NAC twice a day for six months. And only 25% of the adults who used NAC experienced any kind of flu-like illnesses compared to 75% in the placebo group. I'll quote from that study. NAC treatment was well tolerated and resulted in a significant decrease in the frequency of influenza-like episodes, severity, and length of time confined to bed. Both local and systemic symptoms were sharply and significantly reduced in the NAC group. Evaluation of cell-mediated immunity showed a progressive significant shift from energy to, oh, from an energy from an energy to normorgy. Oh boy, those are two words I've never heard before. Are those Italians inventing words? Sometimes Italians do that, but maybe they're just words that I don't need. Okay, that I don't know. Okay, following NAC treatment. Administration of NAC during the winter thus appears to provide a significant attenuation of influenza and influenza-like episodes, especially in elderly high-risk individuals. I'd categorize it as a preventative immune biohack. If you feel like if you feel like you're getting the flu, it's probably too late to start taking NAC. If if you feel like the flu is already upon you, I'd suggest some more short-term biohacks and i did a i did an article that addresses that addresses that and so you'll want to check out that one actually that uh that pickup artist guy that i met was talking about nac because he was talking about he he lives this really crazy pickup artist lifestyle where he like never gets enough sleep because he's always like going out to clubs and staying out till staying out in nightclubs till like four or five a.m in the morning and like that uh oh you never met this guy he was a uh oh, what was he from uh slovakia yeah that slovakian guy that was here Where did you meet him? at that meetup and so he was saying that that uh the rsd meetup the one i told you about uh-huh. okay. and uh so he was saying that you know he's like staying out till nightclubs till like five or six a.m in the morning and like uh exchanging bodily fluids like with all these random women that he meets at these nightclubs and then like not getting enough sleep and then like traveling all the time into a new to a new city and so his immune system is having to go through this herculean challenge and so uh he was he was a big fan of nac and he's a complete idiot oh well you you might change your opinion on that if you met him okay (laughs) verse verse autism NAC has been used in attempts to help individuals with autism spectrum disorders. There have been over 20 clinical trials in the past five years where such patients were treated with NAC. Let's take a closer look at some of these. In a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled 2013 
Iranian clinical trial. It was added to risperidone for treating irritability in children and adolescents. The conclusion was that risperidone plus NAC more than risperidone plus placebo decreased irritability in children and adolescents with autism. Meanwhile, it did not change the core symptoms of autism. Adverse effects were not common and NAC was generally tolerated well. The use of dietary supplements in children with autism seems to be a safe practice with encouraging data about their clinical efficacy. More studies are needed to further investigate this issue. In a 12-week randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial of oral NAC in American youth with, with autism, the participants were chosen via computer to active drug or placebo in a one-to-one -one ratio with a target dose of NAC being 60 milligrams per kilogram per day in the three divided doses. The results indicated that NAC enhanced the glutathione levels as expected, but had no significant impact in children with autism. Another American study from 2012 supported its potential usefulness in treating irritability in patients with autism where compared with placebo. NAC resulted in significant improvements. <clears throat> and I'll move on to anecdotal reports. On longevity, an American user talks about their own experience with NAC and autism. Right now, I'm testing some things on three people who could be said to be in a sorry hyperglutamatergic state. Two of them are autistic and the third has OCD and a history of vasovagal syndrome with grand mal seizures. All have responded well to NAC and for the last four days, I've added fasoracetam and coloracetam. This mom reported some improvements for her child after he started taking NAC. We are trying it quite well. My son is on the autistic spectrum and also has OCD. He has a good doctor who specializes in both autism and OCD. Per doctor's orders, we started our son on 600 milligrams of NAC twice a day. After three days of no noticeable side effects, we then increased it to 12 milligrams twice a day. So far, so good. So that that reflects what's generally a pretty good a pretty good dosage protocol when you're dealing with something new is you don't want to start with a crazy dosage, especially if you're giving it to your child that has, you know, some mental health challenges. You want to start with what's considered a really low, really safe dosage and then give it to them for a couple days, see if there's any adverse effects, and then increase it, see if there's any adverse effects, increase it a little bit more until you either get to the top of what is the recommended dosage range or uh, until you uh, experience some type of negative, negative effect. The connection between autism and NAC is that the glutathione deficiency is in a lot of cases, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna quite, I don't quite know enough about autism and I'm not an autism expert, but I know that there is a significant link to those two things. And when you improve the glutathione, then those autism symptoms seem to be 
mitigated quite a bit, and it is a precursor for glutathione being produced in the gut. And I've got some cool pictures on my website of glutathione. If you're if you're imagining what what this magical antioxidant with the granddaddy of all antioxidants looks like. I'll mention versus diabetes. There have been 21 clinical trials in the past drawing a connection between NAC and diabetes. In a 2012 British clinical trial, NAC was used to determine if it could increase the levels of depleted intraplatelet glutathione in patients with type 2 diabetes. The conclusion suggested that NAC may help reduce atherothrombotic risk in type 2 diabetes. An American user on DiabetesDaily.com stated the following about NAC. Glycine appears to be part of the equation. NAC itself actually raised the blood glucose from the initial fasting value. Once glycine was added at 60 minutes, the blood glucose dropped. What I have found, and you of course may be different, is that NAC with glycine drops fasting blood sugar very quickly, and the fact remains, but uh, the fact and the effect remains, and the effect remains. For a minute there, I was wondering if the English researchers got English grammar incorrectly, but no, it was me. The effect remains, but decreasing in effect over multiple escalations of blood sugar. Versus cocaine addiction. Cocaine addicts found it reduced their cravings for the magical white substance and decreased chances of going back on it. People didn't stop having cocaine dependence, but those who got off of it said that NAC helped them to not uh, return to it and that it also reduced their cravings. And I just repeated myself. And there was a compelling anecdotal report that I'll relate to you. Uh, there was a young lady who was shaking due to her addiction to crack cocaine. And this guy who was a really big fan of NAC approached her and asked her if she was okay and she lied and she said, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know, uh, th things are all right. Uh, as, as you do when you're, when you're trying to convince people that, that the world is okay and that you're not fainting for a little bit of the, the magic white powder. And so this guy knew what was wrong with her because he himself had been addicted to crap, crack before, so he gave... Crack. Crack. Crack is crap. He gave her NAC and she felt so good that she decided to keep taking it and he would give her one 600 milligram pill every day for like a week and then he trusted her enough and so he gave her the entire bottle and three months later he was happy to see that she got a job and was over her addiction wow she should do she should do a video blog about nac <clears throat> in a australian in a smaller uh, australian crossover study of 13 participants designed to determine tolerability and safety participants currently abstaining from cocaine use were given 2400 milligrams of nac or placebo over two days four days later participants were crossed over to the 
uh, alternative arm, whereas there was no in-between group change and reduction of cravings compared with placebo. The within-group analysis showed that the NAC group had a significant reduction in cravings, withdrawal, and self-reported use compared with baseline, which was not seen in the placebo group, whereas this study did not aim to investigate efficacy. A signal was found that provided some evidence to justify further research. And there was also a double-blind controlled crossover phase one trial of 13 Americans. That's also a little bit of a smaller group uh, out of Medical University of South, Cal South Carolina. And that was conducted to assess the safety and tolerability of NAC in healthy cocaine-dependent humans. I would say if they're cocaine-dependent, they're not healthy. <laughs> Part 13 participants attended a three-day hospitalization in which they received placebo or NAC, uh, followed by attending a electronica music festival with copious amounts of nosebleeds. Just kidding, I added that second part myself. Subjects were crossed over to receive the opposite medication conditioned uh, during a second three-day hospitalization, which occurred the following week across placebo and NAC conditions. Only mild side effects were noted and the number of subjects reporting side effects did not differ. There was a trend for a greater reduction in withdrawal symptoms and cravings within the NAC condition. These preliminary results suggest that NAC is well tolerated in healthy cocaine dependent individuals and may reduce cocaine related withdrawal symptoms and cravings. So if, if, if you're uh, a cocaine addict or if you have one of those annoying people in your lives, you know, they probably are well, who knows? A, a lot of cocaine addicts are, are quite satisfied and happy with their addiction. But if they're looking to get over it, this is a pretty uh, cost-effective solution. I want to talk about verse cannabis addiction. In an eight-week, double-blind, randomized, controlled trial of NAC and cannabis-dependent American adolescents, it was reported that participants received NAC or placebo twice a day, as well as a contingency management intervention and brief weekly cessation counseling. The conclusion stated there was a positive cessation outcome. Also, quote, findings support NAC as a pharmacotherapy to complement psychosocial Treatment for Cannabis Dependence in Adolescents. NAC can also help people stop smoking marijuana. A user on Reddit uh, reported on this. I have been using it to stop weed cravings as I tend to get them pretty bad in the two to three days following smoking and I'm trying to keep the usage down to only once in a rare while. Not sure if other people have similar problems with using weed once and then wanting to smoke again in the following days. It's been working so far. No cravings to speak of. I've been taking one 1,000 milligram a day in the morning and with breakfast. So maybe you should share that anecdote with your pothead friend who's like, hey man, you know man, weed isn't addicted, addictive. I'm, I'm not addicted to weed. I can quit weed anytime I want. 
I just do it twice a day because I like it, okay? I'm not an addict. For cannabis quitters, in 2016, a clinical trial was conducted in the USA with 89 adolescents, and it was about alcohol use while they were taking NAC for marijuana cessation. And if you recall your adolescence, alcohol and marijuana went, went together frequently, didn't they? As a result, there were no demographic or baseline alcohol use differences between participants randomized to NAC versus placebo. There was no evidence of compensatory alcohol use during marijuana treatment. In fact, in the NAC group, lower levels of marijuana use were associated with less alcohol use, suggesting NAC effects may generalize to other substances that could be useful in decreasing adolescent alcohol use. NAC trials specifically focused on alcohol using adolescents are NAC trials specifically focused on alcohol using adolescents are warranted. Okay, so this study is not is focusing on the alcohol use more so than the cannabis use. But I think what it's kind of saying here is that NAC can be a bit of a willpower biohack. And in fact, I may want to add a video to that series I did on life hacking willpower and add this as, as a willpower hack because that's kind of what this study was saying. That's kind of what a lot of these studies and anecdotal accounts kind of seem to be kind of seem to be hinting at is that it gives people an extra degree of willpower in the uh, in the things that they're trying to quit. Speaking of things that you may or may not want to quit, let's talk about uh, hangovers and NAC helps your liver to do its job more effectively by actually preventing the majority of the toxicity that occurs when you drink alcohol. However, you're going to need at least a thousand milligrams of NAC. That's like the minimum effective hangover hacking dose. If you eat fish or sushi, you should increase your level of glutathione by taking 500 to 1,000 milligrams of NAC. Uh, that's because NAC cleans out the heavy metals in our system. And if, if, you're, if, if you enjoy seafood, and I really enjoy seafood, you're faced with kind of a dilemma because seafood, in, unless you're just really spending an arm and a leg, getting the most super premium stuff from a a source that you verified or you know or if or if there's you know a pristine mountain lake that you've lived next to for the past 20 years and you made sure that there was never any toxic uh toxic pollution into that lake and then you went and then you went and uh, fish the salmon yourself and unless that's your source of salmon you, you there's going to be some heavy metal toxicity in the fish that you eat, especially if you're eating, if you're eating the fish that's higher up the food chain. That's why they say that, uh, oh, that's why they say that like if you, if you eat like shark, that like you really need to worry about the toxicity in it because it has uh, pretty, because, because it's the apex predator of that particular 
environment. So yeah, so good idea to, uh, to do some NAC with your sushi. And then if you're having like, if you're having, uh, oh, what's another, what's another fish that's a real, uh, that's a real dominant fish. I'm not sure. I'll just use salmon because I like salmon. Trout. Trout. Yes, trout. Uh, trout's, trout's a good idea to have a thousand milligrams with it. I'll mention activated charcoal. That's something else that people often use as a boozing biohack. An in vitro study was conducted in a university hospital research lab in Canada to determine the interaction between NAC and activated charcoal in terms of treating acetaminophen poisoning. The conclusion was that the presence of N-acetylcysteine reduces the ability of activated charcoal. So this would support the idea that if you have a big night of partying ahead of you, maybe do some N-acetylcysteine a couple of hours before you go out and then do your activated charcoal when you get home. That's that's what I've been doing, and I'm not uh, I'm not a heavy social drinker, so I can't I can't report a whole lot of effects. I it's pretty rare that I experience hangovers, anyways, and I certainly haven't experienced any while I've been doing N-acetylcysteine and activated charcoal in that way. Okay, to report some Reddit users, yes, I use N-acetylcysteine all the time. It's the best thing to take for liver protection. I've used it for years on nights out drinking. It was actually, I was actually a groomsman at a wedding this weekend and was handing NAC capsules out to everyone. Hey, that's a good way to, to make sure people, people remember you at a wedding. Everyone was drinking extreme amounts of alcohol and were partying till 5 a.m. However, come 10.30 a.m., everyone was up for brunch and feeling fine, wow. I always take my NAC before I go out drinking. Now I have a reason to make sure that always happens. I always knew that NAC could be a pro-oxidant in some situations. Let's talk about cofactors of NAC. NAC could obviously be combined with other nootropics and vitamins, which people do to enhance its effects and here's some anecdotal experiences by biohackers online this reddit user says i take 4.8 grams of nac a day in divided doses wow that's a lot isn't it it changes chaotic my chaotic mind to a not giving a fuck mind if that makes sense <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense because a, a not giving a fuck mind is a typically a, a chaotic a chaotic mind. That's a quote. Although perhaps he's uh, perhaps he's referring to the the uh, Mark Manson sense of uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, or maybe he's just an idiot on Reddit. You never know. Things were previously things were previously significant are less significant, like taking showers, and the amount of craziness, neuroticism, I experience seems to be less. I can focus and enjoy my job instead of thinking about how I and my parents are going to die <laughs> or the lack of meaning in life or the cruelty of life when the Wi-Fi connection isn't fast enough. It helps <laughs> me ruminate. It helps me ruminate a lot less on existential issues. Like, man, what if a comet 
just comes out of the sky and, and, and takes out the whole earth. And then I can't watch Netflix anymore. <laughs> and just cope what with life. <laughs> I now combine it with uh, Sarcosine, Paracetam, and Tianeptine. I haven't done much reading on interactions. I haven't done much reading, period. Uh, between those, but sometimes I vape nicotine alongside all of this, and I just feel great. And then I woke, wake up on my bathroom floor. It puts... <laughs> it puts... My obsessive rumination about I things I <laughs> can't control to bed. Some people, some people need to try uh, meditation as opposed to nootropics. This user here uses another nootropic to boost their experience. Well, I've been consistently dosing 20 milligrams of Nupept twice a day. That's a little bit high. You're not supposed to take that much Nupept. And 600 milligrams of NAC three times daily. I haven't had any negative effects. The positive effects are subtle. Now that I've been doing it for so long, I take a couple of days off a week and I notice a much clearer mind once I return to it. This Belgian user combines NAC with other supplements to alleviate his symptom. After being supplement-free for a while, I researched NAC yesterday. So far, it seems to immensely help with motivational thinking, not in the way of doing tasks, but in the way of avoiding things like junk food when I should be trying to save the money. I also take four grams of Phenibut a day. Jesus, that's a lot. This should be avoided for most as it's physically addictive. Yeah, I would say it's physically addictive for that Belgian guy. Okay, and use stimulants for my ADHD, anhedonia, and social anxiety. This user from New York City takes NAC with a lot of other supplements and vitamins in order to help his neurotoxicity. In the morning, I take NAC and mitochondrial support in the form of ubiquinol, PQQ, and astaxanthin. I also take creatine for the sake of reducing glutamate toxicity. I take antioxidants, A, C, E, D, K, along with the DHA, EPA, and krill oil to strengthen my defense against ROS and RNS. Next, we'll move on to talking about versus smoking addiction. NAC can also help you quit smoking and feel good without cigarettes. As this German on longevity.com describes. I remember 10 months ago when I still smoked and took an acetylcysteine and it would give me real happy feelings, but I was also totally hypomanic and I continue to use NAC and the hypomania uh, seemed to uh, reduce over time. In addition to the modulation uh, of glutamate to reduce cravings and reward behaviors, NAC may have a role as an antioxidant in a disorder where oxidative stress is marked. There has been a placebo-controlled study investigating 2,400 milligrams daily of NAC as a treatment for tobacco 
cessation. This study recorded participant ratings of use and craving as well as biochemical measures to confirm reported use. There was no significant difference in the number of cigarettes smoked or carbon monoxide levels between the NAC and placebo groups. Treatment adherence and side effect were not reported. The authors noted that alcohol was a significant covariant and after removal of two outliers based on alcohol consumption and resulting nicotine use, there was only a post hoc trend toward decreased number of cigarettes smoked in the NAC group, and this did not correspond with decreased carbon monoxide levels. Owing to the seclusion of participants from the analysis and veritability of the sample in terms of extraneous factors such as alcohol use, the sample size of this study was too small to make definitive conclusions. There was, which, which, is, which is a very typical, that's a very uh, uh, typical study way to end, to end a study. We have paragraphs and paragraphs of analysis, but we can't come to any conclusions, guys. There was another small-scale study that specifically included smokers who were not planning on quitting that investigated biomarkers in smokers after NAC treatment. The outcome of the study was to assess the effects of NAC on the detrimental biophysical aspects of smoking. Participants were randomly assigned to placebo or NAC, the 1200 milligram daily groups, and treated for six months. The study found that in the NAC group, there were decreases in lycophilic DNA adducts between baseline and endpoint. In another study, nicotine-dependent smokers were treated for four weeks with NAC, 2400 milligrams daily, to promote cystine glutamate exchange or uh, placebo. Participants provided weekly ratings of withdrawal symptoms. Participants provided weekly ratings of withdrawal symptoms, craving, and carbon monoxide measurements and log daily cigarette and alcohol use. The results indicated that the cystine glutamate exchanger and the glial glutamate transporter were downregulated after nicotine self-administration and augmenting exchanger activity with N-acetylcysteine reduced the number of cigarettes smoked in nicotine-dependent individuals. So it seems to me that these studies are not naming it as a wonder drug for quitting smoking. They're not saying that it works 100% of the time, but it seems to have a, a fairly consistent effect in reducing cravings and seeing as it is a cheap, safe, inexpensive supplement, it seems like a total no-brainer to supplement in between about 1,200 to 2,400 milligrams of N-acetylcysteine if, if you're trying to quit smoking. I, I've, I've talked to different friends of mine that tried to quit smoking, and they use different drugs that are specifically for quitting smoking. And a lot of these drugs have really nasty side effects. And in the case of N-acetylcysteine, the, the negatives, the downside of it are virtually uh, non-existent. And the upside is quitting smoking. 
Moving on, let's talk about verse OCD. And NEC is known for helping people with OCD. There was a double-blind placebo-controlled study conducted in Brazil where NEC was given to adults. There was a double-blind placebo-controlled study conducted in Brazil where NEC was given to adults with treatment-resistant OCD for 16 weeks. The trial did not demonstrate a significant benefit of NAC in reducing OCD severity, but a secondary analysis suggested that NAC might have some benefit in reducing anxiety symptoms. So probably worth worth trying if you deal with OCD, but not a uh, not a guarantee that it's going to do a whole lot for you. Verse PTSD. Another clinical trial of NAC was conducted with American military veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder and substance use disorder who had to receive a double-blind eight-week course of NAC. They took 2,400 milligrams or a placebo plus cognitive behavioral therapy for SUD. The results were in support of the use of NAC with combined psychotherapy. For the usage and dosage recommendations, I'll encourage you to check out the section of my website, the page that's linked below this, which will have those. Let's discuss side effects. Very rarely it can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and constipation. Even more rarely it may cause drowsiness, rashes, low blood pressure, and liver problems. Side effects can be a result of high doses of NAC, and you generally do not want to take more than 2,400 milligrams daily. Some people experience nausea when taking it on an empty stomach, but the majority of the people did not experience any side effects when taken with food. And I'll relate some uh, anecdotal experiences of uh, side effects. A Belgian user said, I tried NAC for three weeks or something like that, but have stopped because I got really tired because of it. Thankful after two days of stopping it, I'm not tired anymore. Also, it made me sleep way longer and also made me feel drowsy when taking it. Another side effect I had when I took it Afterwards, my heartbeat would go from 57 beats per minute to 90 beats per minute. I could feel my heart beat even more faster, leaving me with an anxious feeling in my chest. That doesn't exactly sound, sound pleasant. So again, start with a low dose and work your way up. About skin, an American user complained, I've been taking NAC for a few weeks in hopes of reducing obsessive skin picking. I haven't noticed an improvement yet. Since starting NAC, I have experienced spotting. My period is strictly controlled with birth control pills, so it is quite out of the ordinary. My roommate took it the other day and started her period off schedule the same day. I may be a little more relaxed than normal, but more emotionally sensitive. My skin, which usually breaks out, has really been clear. So obviously this stuff is messing with my hormones. Apparently different doses can overstimulate people, like this user who posted this experience 
four years ago. I've been taking NAC for two and a half weeks in the morning. Strangely, I can't tolerate recommend the recommended 500 milligrams per day. Half of that is okay. With 500 milligrams, it feels overstimulating. I can't sit normally, feel a little restless, and need to move my feet back and forth makes me feel a little bit of nausea as well, a little bit hungry. When I don't eat for an hour, it makes my stomach uncomfortable, water helps, go figure, may be overstimulating my liver. It reduces my depression and gives me certain energy so that I don't feel so sleepy during the day. Immune system seems to be better too. Nose didn't drip that much when I'm at home after outdoor activities. Cognitive abilities are somewhat better as well, although I feel a little emotionless but sharp. To note out that I'm not your typical healthy guy either and very sensitive to things like that. No NAC fever or diarrhea. After a week, I had elbow upper hand pain for 12 hours, so skipped that one day and it went away. A Canadian user stated the following back in 2012. I tried NAC in late March and threw away practically the full bottle. I too was curious about the things I was reading about NAC, and since I'm in experimentation mode, I purchased some. I was disappointed with the results. First, the mind feeling I had was okay, but was kind of numbing. But the final straw was these eye tremors I started having the second day after taking NAC. I'm particularly sensitive to this since I have an ocular implant in my left eye. Is that what the, the Borg on Star Trek have? From, from a sports injury, oh, maybe not. Obtained nearly 20 years ago. I experienced minor, uh, I experienced bad tremors in my right good eye and I've never experienced this with any other supplement. After two days of this, I stopped NAC since I suspected it was stripping the binding of uh, my retina of the zinc which my eye needed, the chelation effect. After a couple of weeks, I decided to try 1500 milligrams and the eye tremors started a couple of hours later. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. A Reddit user experienced another interesting side effect after taking NAC. I've been taking this supplement for three weeks and while I have had noticeable results with lessening morning OCD rumination, I have gained a bunch of weight, almost seven pounds. Overall, okay. Overall, I think I'm gonna give NAC a risk grade of, of a B. I would say it, it doesn't deserve to be in the A, in the A territory. The A territory is reserved for supplements that are, are virtually free of possibility of negative side effect. And in this case, we, we're hearing some negative side effects. It's nothing, it's nothing really terrible. It's, it doesn't sound like it's causing any people serious health issues. It, it seems like the negative side effects that are resulting from it are simply inconveniences and it helps a whole lot of people and it has been through those 300 human clinical trials. So that is enough clinical trials that if there was some significant negative, some significant downsides to it, 
it would have been uh, it would have been noted. It would be out there in the scientific literature. So I think I think it deserves a B. And also note that it is not recommended for people who have a genetic condition called cystinaria. So you may be asking at this point, should otherwise healthy people or biohackers use NAC? And in my opinion, totally healthy people could also use NAC, especially when they are about to drink a lot. Like for example, before they go to a party or just hang out with friends because one of its main functions is to protect against liver damage. It indeed demonstrates many other health benefits and has been shown to help prevent multiple forms of cancer through a few different mechanisms and can protect people from the flu. There's also some good news for those couples who want to conceive. It improves sperm quality and helps fertility. In 2009, this Turkish study examined the existence of beneficial effect of NEC on semen parameters and oxidative antioxidant status in idiopathic male infertility. The idiopathic male infertility, is that like if you're, if you're a male and you, you, you bash your nuts on something because <laughs> you're playing some stupid fort, some stupid sport, or you're, you're drunk and you, you, you hit your nuts? Is that idio, idiopathic male infertility, perhaps? I have no idea. <laughs> the patients were divided into two groups. Those in the study group, 60 men, were given NAC for three months. The, uh, and the control group, which was also 60 men, so that's a statistically significant group, received a placebo. The results demonstrated that NAC had significant improvements in the volume motility, and viscosity of semen. Perhaps that pickup artist friend of mine can use that as, as his pickup line in the nightclub at like 4 a.m. He'd be like, my semen has amazing viscosity quality. <laughs> in, in conclusion, NAC as a supplement has many uses and can help people with a diverse set of issues, including mental health disorders like OCD, autism, PTSD, etc. Addiction issues, infections, inflammations, and in states of oxidative st of stress. It boosts production of glutathione and plays a role in detoxification of heavy metals out of the body. NAC is commonly used for liver support for people, often to get to treat uh, bronchitis, relief hangover symptoms, increase immunity against certain strains of flu, improve insulin resistance, and thereby help improve diabetes and hypoglycemia. Overall, NAC is a super antioxidant, nootropic, and nutrient with a wide range of health benefits, which have been shown in numerous studies. I think... In the next one to two weeks, I'll be releasing my video blog of my personal experiences with NAC. I've been using it for a little while now and my conclusions about it are ruminating. So make sure to check out the Limitless Mindset YouTube channel for that. As always, I'm Jonathan and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.
legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.